Good morning and Happy New Year. Oh, good morning and Happy New Year to all of you. How many of you have found it a little bit of a struggle to write 2020 at the end of the, the date? Yeah, it's a little challenging, isn't it, sometimes when you, when you turn over the new year? But I am super excited and emotional about the message this morning. I, I have really gotten into God's Word, and I've found something I've not seen before. And, and I am really pumped to bring that to you because I, I feel like it's like, you know what, you can get the bread out of your drawer, your bread drawer that's been there for a week, or you can get the bread out of the oven. Like today, it's coming out of the oven. And I'm emotional because it's just, it's overwhelming to me, some of the things that God has shown me in his scripture this week. So I'm excited to, to take us into what God has. Um, I, I guess that's all, all that I can say. So if, if you're new here and you don't know me very well, sometimes I get emotional. And sometimes when I do, like I see people whispering, like, he's getting emotional again. Yeah, no, no, no kidding, right? I am. But I'm really not an emotional person except when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, I get emotional, right? It's, it's not like I cry if bad news happens. No, I'll take it and I'm pretty steady in life. But when the presence of God comes on me, when the Holy Spirit comes on me, it just it bubbles up in emotion. I don't have any other way to say it. So if I get emotional this morning, that's, that's why. So to get unemotional, let me talk about some facts and some new things that are happening here at Shiloh. Uh, how many of you know that if you miss a Sunday, you can go online at shallowcommunity.church and listen to it or watch it afterwards? Did you know that? Did you know that if you're not here on a Sunday, you're sick and you want to live stream the, the 1030 service, you can do that too? Did you know that? Well, there's a new feature that's being added today forever. We're, we're going to start something new. And this is the new feature that sometimes I'm preaching or someone else is preaching and I see people take their phone and like they snap a picture of the slide because they're like, I don't want to miss that. Well, now we're going to start to put whatever you see up here, we're going to have as a download available, but it's only going to be available from the listen page. So shallowcommunity.church slash listen, and you'll see that little download and it'll have a copy of all the slides. So if you want to refer back to something, you'll be able to do that. It'll be a PDF that's online as a download. So that's just um, news you can use. All right, this morning we're talking about wise or foolish. Now, if I asked you, would you rather be wise or foolish, and it's not a trick question, which would you say? I think everybody would say wise, right? Like, no one wants to be foolish. We all want to be wise. But what is it that makes us wise? That's the thing that we're going to be looking at this morning. And, and to just explain a little bit about this subject and why it's so near and dear to me, the, the close of 2019, I completed my 12th year of reading the Bible through in a year. And while that may seem like, wow, 12 times, that's awesome. You know what? I'm really not impressed with myself on that because I've been a believer for 48 years. So the question I ask myself is, what did I do the other 36 years? 36 years. What did I do? Why has it only been the last 12 that I've read through the Bible? So I'm going to be sharing from my experience today a little bit. But I can tell you there's a lot of years as a believer where it's been dry. And, and I've gone through long stretches where I haven't, God, are you there? God, are you listening to me? And, and maybe some of you are like that, where, where you feel like, God, are, you're not answering my prayer. What's happening? You know what? I've, I'm not dry anymore. I, I've kind of found the nugget, the secret sauce that I've been looking for. And it's changed my life. And it's impactful for me. 
So if you're a candidate here this morning to have your appetite increased for the presence of God, would you raise your hand? Anybody a candidate? All right, for those of you that aren't raising your hand, you might as well leave because I don't know what else this is really going to do for you. But I guess you could sit through it and maybe something will happen. But, but honestly, I want us all to gain something of what, what God has for us today. And we're going to start this morning by reading in Matthew 25, and I will try to read it without crying. No promises. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps, and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. And then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And then those who were ready to meet, those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. And later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the hour of my return. See, the deal is this Jesus is coming back. We, we find Jesus always spoke in parables to people because he told them a story. He wanted them to, to kind of get sucked in by the story. And then he, he explained a lot of times what that story meant. And if you read Matthew 25, you'll see this story followed by two other stories. And they're all talking about the end times. They're all talking about, okay, this is what the kingdom of heaven will be like. So I want to just take some time and go back through these verses and try to understand it and unpack it together and say, God, what do you have for each of us as we look through this scripture? So it starts off, the kingdom of heaven will be like. So let's just stop right there. The kingdom of heaven. We're not talking about all of the earth. We're not talking about hell. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like 10 bridesmaids, 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So when it talks about bridesmaids, what are the 10 bridesmaids? Right? What does that represent? So I would say this, the bridesmaids represent the church. And how do I know that? Because the bridesmaids are going to meet a very important person. They're going to meet the bridegroom. Right? So even though the story is saying 10 bridesmaids, it's just representing us as the church that we're all diverse. So there's 10 of us. But it goes on to say something even more impactful to us. Right? It says that the bridesmaids all took their lamps. What does a lamp represent? What is Jesus trying to communicate when he says lamp? Now, if you look into the scripture and you say, where, where do I find lamp? This is what Psalm 119, says. It says that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light from my path. The lamp that we have today is the word of God. And as we put the word of God inside of our heart, it, it gives us light to our path. It shows us where we should be walking. Now, I, I wish we could say that there was 10 wise bridesmaids. But it says that there were five wise and five foolish. Remember, this is representing the kingdom of heaven. This is the church. So if I could, if I could break it down, within all of us today, we could have five wise and five foolish among us today. And that represents all that we are. 
Right? So which one are you? Which one am I? Am, am I the foolish one? I don't want to be foolish. I, I want to be wise. How about you? What would you rather be, wise or foolish? So why is there five wise and five foolish? I believe it's because it represents there's individual accountability between us and God. See, coming to Shiloh Community Church doesn't mean you're a better believer than someone who goes to a different church down the street, right? If you go to a small group, it doesn't give you an extra check mark against your name when you get into heaven, right? There's, there's no riding someone else's coattails. There, there was a time in my life when I was a young child, I couldn't, I couldn't know any longer say it's my parents' faith. It had to be my faith. I had to make my own choices. How am I going to live my life? The five wise and five foolish represent individual accountability. But now they, 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 had, they all had oil. It's just the five wise had extra oil. So what's the oil? The oil throughout Scripture always represents the Holy Spirit. So you may be dismayed when we read in verse 5, it says that the bridegroom was, be- was delayed and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I-, I don't like this scripture because I don't want to ever fall asleep. I don't want to be drowsy. I want to be awake. I want to be waiting for when my Jesus returns. I've got something in my calendar that comes every day and it says Jesus is coming back today or tomorrow because I don't ever want to forget that he's coming back. Like, like Ed said with the Star Wars movie, he is the I am. And he's coming back for his bride. And it says in, in, in the New Testament, when he comes back, it'll be just as in the days of Noah where they were eating and drinking and all of a sudden the flood came and overtook them. So I don't want to fall asleep, but the truth is this. The bridegroom was delayed and all 10 bridesmaids were drowsy. They fell asleep. So as the story goes on, it says at midnight they were aroused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. This was the most important time of their life. They, they had been waiting for this. They'd been anticipating this. This was like the culmination of all that they were. The bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. Like there isn't anything more important than this. And then what do we find? It says, then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. This breaks my heart to think that there's those that, that they want to meet the bridegroom, but they're like, I don't have enough oil. Help me. I was part of a company once. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. And the CEO of that company said, no one will ever want a PC in their home. They're only going to want a terminal that'll talk to a mainframe computer in a computer room. Now, how many of you have PCs in your home today? Yeah, everybody does. This guy got it wrong, and the company is now out of business. And in the industry, we call that being flat-footed. He did not anticipate. He wasn't looking forward. He, he didn't understand what was happening. Right? These five foolish, they were flat-footed. They were not aware of what was going on. They, they, they got caught in something. They're, all of a sudden, they're out of oil. Now, it may, it may concern you that when they go to their friends, what do their friends say? There's not enough for us. Go buy some for yourself. Well, why is that? Because, you know, the truth is this. Oil cannot be bought. It wasn't that they were saying, hey, we, want to sh- we don't want to share with you. 
right? Oil is, is a relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, and it, and it can't be bought. It's got to be cultivated. It's got to be something that's, that's tended to on a daily basis. That's how we get oil. The oil is the word that we put into our lives. I, I can't just give you word and deposit it into your spirit. You've got to read it for yourself. You've got to dig it. You've got to live it. You've got to have it get down inside of you. I can't do that for you. So, so if you come to a wise person and you're a foolish person, you say, hey, please give me some oil. It's like, no, you've got to go get it for yourself. I can't give it to you. You've got to go back to your father for it. So they say, can we buy oil? And it reminds me of, of the story in Acts. And we find Simon the sorcerer, he's watching Peter and James as they're praying for the, the, the Jews in Samaria. And the Holy Spirit comes upon these people in such a mighty and powerful way. Simon the sorcerer says, hey, can I buy this ability to pray over people and they would be changed just like when you pray over them? And Peter and John said, no, it's, it's not something you can buy. It's something you have to gain through experience, through spending time with the master. We go on to verse 11. It says, later, the other five bridesmaids returned and they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Isn't that devastating? They had oil. All 10 had oil. But these five, Jesus is saying, I don't know you. And then Jesus sums up this parable with, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. So I asked us, if you want to be wise or foolish. Now I want to talk a little bit about what is, what is that difference? What is wise and foolish? We know it's the 10 bridesmaids that had oil, the 10 that did not, or the five that did and the five that did not. But, but what does it look like for me and you? How do I know if I'm foolish or if I'm wise? And I guess the best way that I can talk about that is to talk about the difference between dating and marriage for a minute, right? How many of you know there's a difference between dating and being married? Yeah, hopefully everybody does, Right? But suppose I'm an alien, and I come from outer space, and I come to earth, and I'm going to observe mankind here on the earth, and I'm going to try to determine that there's a difference between dating and married. What would the alien observe? Right? He'd look at a couple that dates, and you know what? They do nice things for one another, right? That's wonderful. He looks at a couple that's married. They do nice things for one another. Okay, they kind of look the same. He looks at a couple that dates. Well, they hold hands. They kiss one another. A couple that's married. They hold hands. They kiss one another. That's great. He, he might look at a, at a couple that's dating and they're living together and a couple that's married and they're living together. Now, let's just be clear. Hebrews says, keep the marriage but undefiled, so I'm not recommending that you should be dating and living together. But an alien would look and he would see no difference. But what do we know is the difference between dating and marriage? We know that there's a time when you're married that you say yes, right? There, there was a time where I took my the person I was dating, my wife now, but the person I was dating, I took her to a wonderful park in Valley Forge. I bought the best Italian hoagies I could find, an A&W root beer. It wasn't the generic root beer, guys. It was A&W root beer, all right? And we went. We had a nice picnic lunch. I brought up my guitar. I had written her a song, and I said in a song, will you marry me? Right? There was a time that we made a commitment to one another on that wedding day. We took vows before our Heavenly Father in heaven. We know that's the difference between dating and marriage. So I propose to you, while it may not be the best analogy I can give you, the five foolish bridesmaids had a dating relationship with Jesus. 
or a dating relationship with the Heavenly Father. The five wives, they had a marriage relationship with him. See, what's the difference? Well, you know what the difference is, but a lot of times they can look the same from the outside, right? You, could be, you can all look here today, and it's like, oh, no, everybody's, everybody's wise. But as we're here, the Scripture is telling us the kingdom of heaven is like five wise and five foolish. Which ones are we? So which one best represents our relationship with God? That's really the most important question. So as I ask that question, I ask this to myself, what kind of relationship do I have today? But maybe more importantly, what kind of relationship do I want to have? So I'll ask you the same one. What kind of relationship do you have with your heavenly father? Are you just dating him? You're like holding hands. But yeah, there's times where you're like, God, I don't need you right now. I can do this by myself. Or you're like, no, we're connected, God. I've given you my life. I'm all in. I've jumped in, God. I've given you everything I am. I've surrendered all. Whatever I have is yours, God. Whatever you have is mine. That's the difference between being dating and and married. So what kind of relationship do you want to have today? I would say this. Any good relationship, it starts with a decision. It starts with that saying yes, like my wife did to me 35 years ago, which is an amazing feat. So it starts with a decision, but it, it, there's more than just a decision. Yes, I want to be married, right? I think any, any good relationship, there's love, right? You enjoy being with the other person. You, you like to spend time with them. You do nice things for one another. We, we understand all that. But yet there's this third part where there's a commitment to the relationship. So, so if you ask any married couple that's been married more than 10 years, ask them if they've ever had a struggle. You know what? I'm sure all of them will say, yes, what got them through that struggle was the fact that they were committed to one another. They were committed to working it out. They were committed to, to staying with one another. And as you work things out in a marriage, guess what? Your marriage grows stronger and you fall more in love with one another when you come out the other side of some of the struggles that we deal with as married couples. The commitment to the relationship, though, is a daily walk, right? Marriage works because marriage is work. And that's the way it is with our Lord. It's a daily commitment to Him. So what does it look like for us to grow in our relationship with God? Right? How how would I go from being someone who's dating to someone who's married to God? What what would that look like? Well, I mentioned first that it starts with the decision, right? That you're going to be committed. But if I want to grow in my relationship with God, understanding, okay, I've started it. Now I want to grow. I got to spend time in worship. And, and when I say spend time in worship, I'm not just talking about coming to a Sunday morning and having 20 minutes of worship. I'm talking about, okay, what do you do when you leave here? What are you listening to? Maybe put on some worship music. I'm a very, I love listening to music, but there's a lot of times where I'm walking throughout my day and there's something going on in my mind. I don't even know what it is until I calm down and I listen in. I don't know if this happens to you, and, and I'll, I'm singing a song on the inside. I don't even know what song it was. But I'll, I'll listen in, and it's like, oh, I'm singing praise music. That my, that's my spirit worshiping God. I don't know if that happens to you or not, but it's crazy when that happens, right? So what would it look like for us to worship God more than just on a Sunday morning? Worship Him on a Sunday night. Worship Him Sunday afternoon. I'm not saying when your baseball team or football team wins, you worship God. No, I'm just saying your life has an attitude of worship to it. Or spend time in prayer. Just mention what she needs most at New Life is people that are going to pray for her. I, I used to think growing up that to pray, I had to kneel by my bed, right? And, and it needed to be either at nighttime or in the morning time, like middle of the day. Who goes to their room in the middle of the day and kneels by their bed, right? 
You don't have to kneel by your bed to pray. You can pray anytime. You can pray while you're driving to work. You can pray while you're taking the bus to school. You could pray while you're doing dishes. You could pray while you're walking from one meeting to another in the workplace. What does it look like for us to spend time in prayer? That's how we grow in our relationship. Spend time in worship. Spend time in prayer. And one more way. We spend time reading God's word. So many, many times people will come to me and say, Greg, I want to be able to hear God speak to me. Like, does God speak to you? And I'm like, yes, he does every day. How, how does God speak to you? How do I learn how to understand God's voice in my life? And it's really pretty simple. If you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. I, I don't know any other way to hear God's voice better than to read what his word says. Because it says this in John 1, that God is the word made flesh. Jesus is the one that came down. He's the word. When, when we read the Bible, we're not just reading words on a page. We're reading who Jesus is and, and we're seeing him through the Old Testament and through the New Testament and, and through the struggles between the two covenants. We, Jesus is revealed and he wants to reveal himself to us. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. When we read the Bible, we gain that. That's buying oil. That's, that's getting on the inside of us. So then some people have asked me, hey, is it possible to hear God audibly? I'd be like, absolutely. Could, could I hear God audibly? Of course you could. Really? How do you hear God audibly? Oh, it's very simple. If you want to hear God audibly, just read the Bible out loud. You'll hear him audibly. I'm really not joking. <laughs> That's God's voice. You know what's amazing? Is like you can go on the Bible app now and you can hit play and, and it'll sing to you. It'll, it'll read the whole, the whole Bible to you. You could hear God's voice audibly to you because that is God's word that he's written for, for us, that we would take it and we would hear it. So what does it look like in a practical sense to read God's word? I'm saying we should worship, we should pray, we should get into God's word, but practically, what's the handhold? How do, how do we do that? I believe we need to build a habit. Right? How long does it take to build a habit? Anyone? 21 days. Now, how many of you have ever tried to build a habit? You've gone to 21 days, and day 22 or day 23, you failed. Yeah, I've done that. I've said, I'm going to do this for 21 days and day 22. I don't have to do this anymore. I can stop now. I've, I've met my goal. 21, check. 22, I stopped doing it. 21 isn't magical, but it's kind of the kickstart you need. So building a habit, the, the real truth is this. Slow and steady wins the race. Right? You, you've got to build something. You've got to get, gain some discipline in your life. And I know discipline to some people is a, is a bad word. But it's really a good word. We all need discipline in our life. Pray before you read. I used to miss this for a lot of times. I, I would just get into God's word as it's my checkbox. I gotta, every good Christian has to read God's word. I, I heard the pastor. He told me I need to get in the word. I'm going to read the word today. All right, boom, done. Let's move on. No, I'm going to pray first. Because there's something that God has for me to get out of this today, and I want to receive what he has, what he wants to speak to me. So I pray before I read. Now, next one is consider a reading plan. And you might go, plan? Like, ah, I'm too free for that. I don't want to plan. I don't want to be tied down to things. All right, so let's look at life in general. How many of you have ever been in high school or gone to college? Do you have things like homework? Do you have things like tests, midterms, finals, papers? We've all had those things in our life. And what does it require to be successful? You have to plan. Now, I know a lot of us, we, we would go the night before the paper's due. We're cramming to get it all written done. But we still knew it was due and we still had to plan for it. We knew we're not going to get any sleep that night. But we had a plan. We see that in that area. I don't know what you do for work, 
I know what I do for work. I've got a plan. I need to make goals. I used to work at a company where we had a yearly goal, we had a quarterly goal, and then we had six-week sprints. And they called them sprints because it was always, work harder, work harder, go faster, go faster, right? And we would measure ourselves every six weeks. Physical fitness. I, I love to run. I've been in 5Ks and, and half marathons and such. You know, what? would I train for a 5K? Would you train for a 5K? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what your level of fitness is. But would you train? Would you have a plan if you're going to run a marathon? You know what? I bet you you would. Why? Because you're like, there's no way I'm going to run a marathon without planning and training for this. But did you know that in Hebrews 12.1, it says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We're all in the marathon of our lives. It's called living life. And we're trying to run it without a plan. Yeah, that's foolish. Wouldn't you agree? None of us would think we could run a marathon, just cold turkey. Go do it. So as we're talking about a plan, I'd like to get very practical and say, maybe you don't have a Bible today that you're reading, or maybe you're not sure what translation you should read. There's a lot of different translations out here. Here's the Bible, and here's the translation that I read. I, I have read a number over 48 years, but this is the one, this is my second one, because the first one I've just literally worn out, right? The pages are falling out. I only keep it in my office. But this is a New Living Translation. It's a Life Application Study Bible. If that is Greek to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about, come up, come up afterwards. Let me show it to you. Let me show you the cool features in a study Bible. Some of us are not technology savvy. Anybody not technology savvy, like you don't do anything on a computer, the phone, nothing? Any, any of us here? Yeah, we got some here. All right. So... Here's what a plan can look like. It's just a piece of paper. I got them at the Connect Center. I printed them out. It's a, it's a reading plan that takes you through the Gospel of John in 30 days. And essentially, John 1, you're reading the first day. John 2, you're reading it the second day. And there's a little check off. You just check them off as you go. But it's a way to measure yourself. Am I, am I getting into the Word? Am I not getting into the Word? I've got another thing here. It's like a little calendar. And every day it gives you a devotional. Every day it gives you some words that you can read from the Bible. You can find them online for five bucks. You can go to a Christian bookstore and get them. It's a wonderful tool, right? It's all hard copy. You don't have to have a device to do any of these things that I'm saying. But you know what? While I've read my physical Bible for years and years, I find that I read it on my phone now. I I don't know. It's just, it's so much more convenient to read on my phone. If I don't have my glasses, I can just make the print larger, you know. It's really a wonderful thing. So what, how would you get started on your phone? Well, do this. Search Bible in the App Store. Now, you're going to get a lot of different hits when you search Bible. I give you a picture of this one because I want to point out it's got 4.3 million downloads. There's a reason for that. This is not only really popular, it's really good. Right? So if you want to go back afterwards to the slides, this is one of the reasons. Then you can look for it. Which Bible app was you talking about? That's the one. I mentioned the, the hard copy paper I had of the Gospel of John. You can go into this app and you can find plans. You see at the bottom how it's got home, read, plan, search, and more. You can go into plans and, and do a search of plans. You can find a Gospel of John plan. Now, online, it takes you through in 21 days. I was giving you 30, so I was going a little easier, I guess. But what you get online that I can't give you in paper is the devotional that goes with each reading. So it tells you not only what to read, but it gives you a little background for it and kind of gives you the context so you better understand what you're reading. That's useful, right? 21 days, this may be a plan for you if you've never 
uh, started to read the Bible or got into God's Word consistently, this is a way that could measure yourself. And notice it's got day one, two, three, four. So it tells you if you miss a day, then, then you can go back and you can make it up. Maybe you'd say, hey, you know what? I'm really not that much of a reader. I, I like to, I don't read well. Okay, I understand that. So look for one of these kind of plans. This is called the Bible Project. This is a Luke and Acts plan. And the devotional isn't something that you have to read. The devotional is a video that you watch. So, you know, a lot of people, we, we love watching YouTube videos. You can watch a video about the scripture that you're going to be reading, and it and explains it to you, shows you the historical context and, and what's happening. That could be a plan that you look at. Maybe some of you are like, no, Greg, I, I've been doing this. I need something more. All right, this is what I use. It's reading through the Bible in a year. I will, I will admit, this is not for everyone. But you know what? If you've got a half an hour a day, like that's about how long it's going to take you to read the devotional and to read the, to read the, the verses there, it'll change your life. But it's, it's not about how much or how little you read. It's just a matter of getting into God's Word because it's getting into God's Word that we're going to start to gain oil for ourselves. So let me go back through these reading suggestions. And now I want to give you one last suggestion. And that's pray into one takeaway every day. And, and why do I say that? Because you know what? I've, for too many years, I read the Word of God and it was kind of like in one ear and out the other. It didn't change who I was. I didn't really grow much as a Christian. But something changed for me when I started to say, God, I, I want to get into your Word, but I want to I get it on the inside of me. So now every day when I read, I'm looking for what is that one nugget? What's that one thing I'm going to take away? And I'm just going to share one that I had this last week with you. It's from Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. And this is what it says. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. I've read this verse so many times. But this time I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh. God, don't let me just read your word. Let me delight in it. Like there's a difference between just knowing somebody and delighting in someone, right? God, I don't want to just read your word because I'm checking a box. I want to delight in it. I want to meditate on it. God, I want it on the inside of me. So I just started to pray into that verse. And then I looked at the next verse. They're like trees planted along the riverbank. And, and you know, in that reading, I was also reading Genesis that day, right? And we're talking about the Garden of Eden and the River of Life. And I'm like, God, I, I, want my, I want my roots to go down into the river of life, the river that you are, that your Holy Spirit is God, that, that I wouldn't just be a tree that bears fruit only in one season. I bear fruit in every season, God. That's what your word says. God, I want to go after that this year, right? So I took two verses, and I started to pray into them. And you know what? I got excited. God started speaking to me. And, and it was amazing. Two verses, it doesn't matter. You don't have to read a chapter. You don't have to read five chapters. There's no banner. If you read the Bible through in a year, you don't. This is what's important. It's got to get on the inside of you. So even if you only read one verse a day, two verses a day, make them count. Take them. Pray through them. Get them on the inside. That's how you gain oil. There's no oil gained by just checking boxes. Too many years I've been checking boxes. We want to take the scripture. We want to get it on the inside. That's storing up oil. So the question I'll end with is, will you store up oil in 2020? Right? I believe this is a year that God has for us all, that, that if the kingdom of heaven is like five, wo- five wise and five foolish bridesmaids, I don't want anybody in Charlotte to be foolish. 
But there's an individual accountability that we all have. I can't do it for you. You can't buy oil for me. You've got to go to your heavenly father and gain oil. So what will you choose to do in 2020? What would it look like in 2020 for you to grow in your faith? Right? God doesn't want any of us to stay stagnant because staying stagnant has really fallen backwards, isn't it? Right? We're, we're all swimming upstream in the, in the river of life and we're paddling upstream, so to speak. The minute we stop paddling, the minute we stop gaining ground, we're losing ground because the, the stream is just taking us backwards. That's the nature of the beast. So I don't know who wrote this quote, but it says, success is many small steps in the right direction. So maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I don't have a discipline. I, I don't get into the word or I'm so inconsistent in getting into God's word. What would it look like for you to start taking a small step in worship or a small step in prayer or a small step in getting more consistent and reading God's word and getting it on the inside of you? All three of those are going to put oil in the tank. And Jesus is coming back. We don't know. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. Ed prayed for this conflict with Iran. Like, we're in the end times. If you, never, if you don't realize it, just read the Bible. We're in the end times. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a bride. But there's five foolish and five wise that he returns to. I don't want any of us to be the five foolish. I want this to be a year we, we get our act together. So I'm going to give us all a challenge. What is your next step to grow in? Worship or grow in conversational prayer or grow in time with God's word. What, what does that look like for you to grow? I, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it isn't. It's not a, it's not a checkbox. It's, it's not a plan that you measure yourself and you say, okay, gold star for today, for tomorrow. No, it's getting something on the inside of you. I've, I've met so many Christians that know God's word but don't live God's word. That's not getting oil to know it. We, we find in Scripture, Jesus tells another parable about a wise and a foolish person. It's a person that built their house on the sand versus they built their house on the rock. And guess which one's house stood when the storms of life came? The one that built their house on the rock. You know what was the difference between the two of them? They both heard the word of God is what it says. But one listened to it and obeyed it. That's the person who built their house on the rock. The foolish one got the word, but the word didn't do anything for him. So it's not a matter of if you read God's word, it's a matter of what are you getting on the inside. It's, it's finding that takeaway. It's praying into it. It's having God's word change you. Would you stand with me as, as we close in prayer today? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you desire for us all to be changed. Lord, we don't stay stagnant in our walk with you. Just like a, a marriage relationship isn't stagnant, it grows deeper and deeper in love. Lord, we want to grow deeper and deeper in love with you. God, I want 2020 to be a year of extreme growth and storing up oil for each one in this congregation. God, there's no one here that would want to be foolish. But God, we are. And Lord, we're sorry if we missed it, God. We apologize. We confess to you, Jesus that in some ways we're so stupid, we're foolish, God, but we don't want to be the ones caught with no oil when you return. God, help us. Help us to not only make a decision, Lord, but help us to follow through on that decision. If, if you've got something in mind today that you're like, this is what I'm going to do to grow in God's word, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your hands up. 
In fact, put both hands up because you need to receive something from God today. God, I pray for those that are crying out to you, Lord, that want to receive from you. God, would you impart your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, to each one with their hands raised. God, we we don't want to be the same, Lord. We want to be turned more into who you are, God. We want to get you on the inside of us, Lord. We want your spirit to permeate who we are, God, that we don't stay the same. We're changed from day to day into, into your image. So, Lord, I pray for your spirit's power now to come into each one. Lord, I would tear down the walls and the strongholds that say we can't do it. Lord, we can in the name of Jesus. Lord, your spirit is greater. I I know, Lord, the the spiritual struggle it is sometimes to get into the word. So I pray strength now into my brothers and sisters that they would get into your word. They get into prayer. They get into worship like never before. Lord, that we would start to gather oil. Lord, and that oil would spill out. That oil would bring healing. That oil would bring peace. It would bring stability in our lives. Lord, there's there's storms that we're going to face this year that we need your oil to face them. So God, would you put a deposit in us today? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you need prayer for anything, please feel forward, Please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. And, and please also check out the New Life table on your way out. Thank you so much for being here. God bless.